0: Hello! Welcome to the Troopany Show. My name is James Troopany. This is my show. Today, I am on my own. Unfortunately, I was due to make a show with Mr. John Dinsdale concerning various different bits of wrestling and stuff. Um, Unfortunately, he's not available this week. So, for this particular show, we thought I would go... Oh, I thought I would go to Fighting Spirit Unleashed, which is a show that happened last night for New Japan Pro Wrestling. I haven't been doing a lot of New Japan regular shows lately because, to be honest, after I do the big tournaments, I want a break. <laughs> I want to do something else. So you can get like New japan out quite quickly these days, but things are moving and shaking with this particular promotion at the moment. So I won't see what this went on with this one. So we'll, we'll do this one. I watched the whole thing, actually, from the very beginning. Matt Vandergrift and Buck Skinner went 5 minutes 37 seconds with Vandergrift taking the match. That was a strong survivor match based around the New Japan Academy. It was pretty fun, actually. Team Filthy, Danny Limelight, Gerald Nelson and Royce Isaacs, the Balianiaki, Jacob Austin, Young and Titus Alexander in 6 minutes and 54 seconds in an, an open, oh, awesome little six-way tag team match. I personally would have stuck this on the opening of the show. To get things a bit fired up but um this was really cool nice to see balayani um uh, making a new japan appearance and obviously he's a ddt regular um but kind of moved on from them as of late like, he's such a good guy to have around Knows so much very knowledgeable guy it's a good guy to have on your roster and then we move on to the main show itself the opening match was fred crosser jeff carbon alice koffling along with satoshi kojima going for the number one contendership of the new japan strong championships this was surprisingly won by Satoshi Kojima. I don't say that surprisingly. Uh, he pinned Fred Ross, the former champion. Um, so this was a big deal. And, you know, we, Kojima has days where he improves. And, you know, he has, like... How can I put this? He seems to be a guy who's just never bad. And he's always there and ready to go. So I thoroughly enjoyed his match there. And that was really well put together. Um, next up was... Um, a ladies' tag team match, as they used to say back in the day, women's tag team match. Uh, Stephanie Vacour and Zuissis. Uh, they went up against Johnny Robbie and Louis Leuver, all CMLL wrestlers. This was a fun little match. I enjoyed this an awful lot. It was a bit scrappy to start with, um, but it picked up a pace. And Stephanie Vacour won with. Um, what was that finisher called? Let me have a look. Because it was pretty impressive. <laughs> uh, German and Hall. She didn't do that. She's trained by Paul Slandering, Gran Apache, Ricky Marvin, and Villano 4. So she knows what she's doing. And she put out a challenge for the IWGP Women's Championship, which would be really cool to see. That's going to happen at Lone star shootout against Miyu Itani, the current champion. Next up was Gabe Kidd versus Tom Lawler. Gabe Kidd's carrying a championship belt around, and I don't know what the championship belt is. (laughs) And he's picked it up somewhere in New Japan Strong, and I'm trying to find what it is, or is it a fake bell that's just there to annoy people? So let's look at title, shall we? So, uh, Empire Tag Team Champions. Yeah, uh, uh, who's that? Fired yeah. Internet Champions. Must be some kind of um, annoying Tag Team Champions, because every belt I look at, he's not there. Must be there just to annoy people with. Anyway, um, this was actually quite a fun match. It was a, a bit strike heavy in the sense of it, it it took a while to get going and there was lots of forearms, so many forearms. But once it got going and Gabe Kidd took a win over Tom Lawler, which really establishes Gabriel Kidd as someone not to be messed with in New Japan Strong um, because Tom Lawler has been such a big part of that promotion for quite some time now. Um, yeah, it was a really interesting back-and-forth match, but took a while to get going. But once it got going very good really enjoyed it and um we'll see how it develops but yeah very worthwhile um i gave kid again showing a strong performance coming after those tag team championship reign with uh alex coughlin kind of a bit of a shame that they didn't do more with them they've kind of split them up and sent on singles runs at the moment but i'm sure we're going to get an awful lot out of them when it comes to world tag league Next up was a an 40th anniversary match for Atlantis. And I had the terrifying thought that i have been watching Atlantis wrestle for three quarters of those 40 years. It's a very long period of time. He tagged with Hiroshi Tanahashi, Mystico, Alan- Atlantis Jr. against Adrian Quest, Rocky Romero, Subriano Jr. and Tiger Mask. This was a fun lucha back and forth with Rudos and Technicos, And Adrian Quest, Rocky Romero, Sobrano Jr. and Tiger Mask were high- happy... <laughs> to be rudos for this particular match. Rocky opening by stealing Atlantis's flowers and battling over the head with them. And then after that, it was just lucha craziness back and forth for a good 15 minutes or so. And it was just, everyone was having fun. That's where Iceland should be. Every match needs a card on it. It's just fun. Nothing, there was, there was plenty of spectacular stuff in it. You know, Mystico's on this card and Sabrera Jr. can go. And Atlantis Jr., yeah, he can fly uh atlantis these days a bit more stable and on his feet as you would imagine of a gentleman of how old is he now he's he's 61 so i can you can see that yeah he needs to calm down a bit but he still had a really popping appearance in this and the fans were really into it as well so it was good Speaking of fans being into it, oh yeah, by the way, Atlantis' team won, as you'd expect. Might have been right if it wasn't if they hadn't done. <laughs> Julia and Hyan went at it for the NGP NGPW Strong Women's Championship. This was pretty intense from the get-go. Hiane's a big hitter. Julia is a big hitter as well. And Julia's kind of making this belt her own. She's how can I put this? One of the trendsetters on the the stardom kind of roster and She's really transferred that characterful performances that she has in in stardom to New Japan Strong. Haiyan is kind of a really good foil for her because she's kind of like a very straight-ahead North American-style wrestler, whereas Julia is kind of the epitome of a Joshi wrestler in 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 certain senses. This is very booked in a very New Japan style. It's not booked in a very Joshi-style um, kind of way, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's... But I, I get Julia a lot. I see where she's where she is in her career, and she's doing amazing things. And the fact that she had her head shaved two years ago and it catapulted her to fame shows you you don't have to win in big matches to make yourself a star, and she has made herself a star. Absolutely stunning. Really, really good. And a good, solid women's tag team title match. Guerrillas of Destiny. Not the original Guerrillas of Destiny, you understand. El Phantasmo and Hikaleu successfully defended their New Japan Strong Openweight Championships against Monstersource, Alex Zane, and Lance Archer. This was kind of uh, hey, <laughs> you know, a Spider-Man meme. Hey, you're like me kind of match because, you know, El Phantasmo and Alex Zane match up nicely and Lance Archer and Hikaleo match up nicely. And it was kind of like that. All the spots you expected because El Phantasmo is a rope walker and Lance Archer is a rope walker, so they had to rope walk each other. Al Phantasmo trying to chop Lance Archer was hilarious. Um, and the, the big lads Trent, trying to both have sums as finishes trying to out choke someone. Up. It was just reckless, abandoned fun, as you'd expect in the tag team match. It wasn't particularly serious, um, but they did a good job with it. It was fun to watch and compelling. Um, maybe what was a bit more serious is what happened after the match, when Royce Isaacs and Gerald Nelson, West Coast Wrecking Crew, came down, attacked Fantasmo and Heikaleo and challenged them to the Tag Team Championships at Lone Star Shootout, which will be a bit more of an intense affair, I feel. Speaking of intense affairs, oh, Lordy. Eddie Kingston versus Henry. Wow, they knocked this one out. This is Henry's best match. Best match I've ever seen him in, easily by a long way. He was given the time to do what he needs to do, Eddie Kingston is in the mold of not only people like Kawada and people like Kabashi, who he idolizes, take three to give one kind of wrestler. He's very much in the mold of Greg Valentine and um, the older generation of 70 wrestlers and Harley Race, where you, if you're Greg used to say, if you hit me hard enough for long enough, we can have a decent match. Well, <laughs> yeah. Or if I can hit you hard enough for long enough, I can have a decent match. And this is... Where Greg was at, you know, this this kind of match was his kind of thing. Um, And Eddie has been absolutely superb in his role as Ring of Honor World Heavyweight Champion. oh, Ring of Honor World Champion, they don't really have weights in Ring of Honor. But as New Japan Strong Openweight Champion, he has been absolutely on fire this year. And this kind of podcast has kind of like been follow Eddie Kingston because that's where the money is. That's the person I want to see wrestle. And a guy I followed for the last 15 years or so and absolutely loving it all. I'm watching him have banger after banger, especially with guys like Kanare, not so much for guys like Claudio, which I expect to be great, but guys like Kanare who aren't on their, they're on their journey to being great, you know, and Kingston's helping him get there. And this was the kind of match that Kanare needs to be seen as a, a viable threat in New Japan pro wrestling. Cause he, sometimes isn't right now because he's not consistent and you know he has big match wins but he doesn't really dominate and this was a match which showed that he had to fight from the back foot and he could do and this was exactly what he needed in this point in his career especially coming up to Wrestle Kingdom season and everyone's jockeying for stuff to happen I don't think he's going to get a championship shot at um, the Tokyo Dome but I do think he's going to do exceptionally well And but Eddie Kingston can't say enough about the guy and the year he has had in professional wrestling, he's been everywhere. What would really polish it off me is he keeps the belt all the way to Wrestle Kingdom and defends it in the Tokyo Dome. Because if there's, I hate to say people deserve things in wrestling because you don't, you earn it. You know, that's if you're a draw, you're a draw, whether you've earned it or not, that's just the way things are. But if one guy could draw and have a certain draw for New Japan Pro Wrestling because of a certain kind of guy, it's Eddie Kingston. And I hope he gets the Tokyo Dome, because wrestling the Tokyo Dome and Wembley Stadium in the space of a year, and the the space of less than six months, that's a career. And a lot of guys will not get to do that. Coach Ibushi won't get to do that. You know, Kenny Omega might, possibly not. MJF probably won't, you know. Because he's not a New Japan style wrestler. Brian Danielson will, maybe. Akada? Well, Akada wasn't on the show at, at, at London, really. So, you know. And Danielson wasn't on the show. Oh, no, he wasn't on the show, yeah. So, yeah. So, maybe. There's maybe two or three guys who could m- make that. But, yeah, Eddie Kingston should be able to do that. And that would be outstanding. We will see, I guess. Buzzing the Rabbis to Hapon, your Takahashi heavy, your high in heavy metal weight and IWGP junior heavyweight champion Hiromitaka actually going off against UAU Amora and your IWGP World heavyweight champion, Sonata. This went the distance, a full 20 minutes, and it was a rock and rolling back and forth kind of matchup. Um, this was supposed to give us a taster of what will happen at the Tokyo Dome, and it certainly did that, and there was a lot of cool things that happened in this particular match. Um, I Yeah, it was a lot of fun and well worth the effort, for sure. It was... Um, you know, you ship these guys halfway across the world to press them from 800 people. You know, my my brain's going like, why? <laughs> but the reason why you send them is the next time a 1,000 people. The next time after that is 2,000 people. And I think this is just a good, example, good time to think about what New Japan used to do and what New Japan are doing now. And a lot of it, how the pandemic has affected the company in North America. Because if you think pre-pandemic they would do just the big shows. So you would go to Dallas and you would go and play an arena of 5,000 people um, and do a G1 show there. Or you would go to um, the Pyramid in Long Beach and you'd do 7,000 people there and you put on a fairly loaded house show card with all the top nine New Japan guys. And this show's got... You Know it's got NATO, it's got Shingo, it's got Zanada, these are top line New Japan guys, but it's not the massive audience they were playing to before. On the other hand, they have built up a brand in New Japan strong that is very much uh, associated with the US market, it's doing its own thing. It's a New Japan style brand in an American market and presented in an American way, which has kind of given them a stronger foothold in that style of wrestling and a more marketable style of wrestling. It's in enhanced their partnerships with AEW, Impact Wrestling and CMLL so there's all sorts of layers going on with, with the, the companies and there's layers still going on there's international politics going on with AEW, CMLL, New Japan and um, Impact Wrestling now as we speak in the sense of CMLL developing a relationship with AEW, they haven't lost their relationship with AAA, that's kind of interesting because that's never happened before um, you know, and New Japan are, are working with Noah and DDT all the time. And, and you know, it's just an interesting time that, as it's been said before in pro wrestling, when we all play together, it's so much more fun. And we're kind of at that point in pro wrestling where everyone's playing together except WWE, which is kind of why I don't mind that considering myself a different thing because I'm not a WWE fan. I don't really care. Um, this could be good wrestling in WWE, it's just not something I choose to watch. So, yes, I am intrigued as to how wrestling is going to go and just the way that this brand is developed for New Japan and how it's developed. Then we move to our main event. Tama Tonga loses the Never Openweight Championship to Shingo Takagi. I didn't think this would happen. I honestly, to God, did not think this would happen. Uh, So quickly after Tama had only just won it back from David Finlay, I thought they were going to give Tama a big run. They may give Shingo another shot at... um, Oh, sorry, may give Tama another shot at, at Wrestle Kingdom, and based on the quality of this match, then they should because it was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tama's kind of like getting an association with this belt as one of the great never openweight champions. So if he wins it back for a, well, let's see, that'll be one, two, three, that'll be four times champion within the space of the year, that would kind of put him in Ishii kind of space. Um, Arguably, he should say he's never lost it, but he's been a fighting champion equally. And this match with Shingo was just absolutely outstanding. Because, again, best match I've seen Tama Tonga have since the G One climax with 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 Shingo Takagi. So, this was great, absolutely, positively wonderful to watch. And the crowd was so into it. And this is one of my matches of the year, I have to say. It's getting towards that because just because. Tama's trying so hard to be the best single star he can possibly be. Um, and maybe he is beyond this championship now because he's such a high level babyface. But it's difficult to see where he goes next without, you know, it's US championship and Osprey's possibility, I suppose, but he's kind of wrapped up with Show Drumino, that's gonna happen next weekend. You've got a bunch of stuff that's going on there in that as 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 the US Championship is the secondary championship in the company. You've got the World Segway Championship's tied up. That's not going to happen for him. So I'm just intrigued. Does does Tama go after Shooter if that wins that? Or do they keep going after Shingo and and try and retain that championship back from him? So much to think about. And that's kind of like asking questions. That's what this show was about. Um, And yeah, no, absolutely worthwhile watching this. It's a good show to watch. And it's cracking matches on it. And it kind of like, I think that's the thing is like, the New Japan Strong Show matches sometimes you get the feel that they don't count but they absolutely do and shows like this are showing that they can make them count I suppose you kind of miss out on the big this is a question you asked do you want smaller shows that mean more or do you want bigger shows that feel bigger even if they're not giving away the farm because they just put a special tag in the main event they don't put a title match on the line yeah I think that's the bigger question of how New Japan move forward with fighting spirit shows, because on the other hand, they've built up this brand that's going well, and you know it's a foothold in the North American market they've not had in a similar way before. I think a lot of things will come out after they have revamped New Japan World this week. I think mean, that's the major concentration for the company right now, um, but we'll see how things develop. I'm sorry today has been a bit of a short show, but I will be back later today because we will have um, Tag League uh, show a Today at show that will be happening today. Not sure I'll get the Tuesday one in because I have to have to go back to work next week. <laughs> it's been really good this week because it's been half-term and I've not been in school. So I've been able to get all of the shows watched. And, and this week, we've got three shows left this week. And I think I'll probably get, I'll get the Monday one done on Monday because I'm not in school. The Tuesday one, I will maybe get done Tuesday night, but probably Wednesday night when I get to talk about that. The Thursday show, I will probably get to do on Thursday. And then the rest will have to happen at the weekend. Um, after the show at the weekend, I suppose. Anywho, take care. Have a lovely week. If you're just listening to the Troopany Show and you're not listening to the Today Act shows. And we'll see you next week. Oh, we should be back with some great next week. We've got plenty of stuff to talk about. Take care. We'll speak to you soon. Bye. Oh, yeah. I should probably ask you why. My name's James Troopany. You can find me at Sheriff Flames. You can find me at Sherry Star on Twitter. You can find the show uh, at Troopany Show on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram, Star TX and the show, Troopany Show, on Instagram. On Facebook, it's Troopany Show and The Troopiny Show, I should say, and on Patreon, it's The Troopany Show. We're on. I'm on uh, Mastodon as well, uh, Sheriff star um, on so, dot socials. And oh, where else am I? Oh, we've got our Discord as well, Troopany Show Podcast. Yeah, you can find us all over social media, especially as Twitter is slowly disintegrating. Please go find us in different places. We'll be back with you soon. Um, take care and we'll speak to you next week. Bye.